We started a new series last Sunday um, called What's Next? And we did, we're doing this for two big reasons. Number one is because we have this question happening a lot within our church right now. And, and I'll remind you, um, next month we've got this spring fling that's coming up on May 7th. And I want everybody to be there, okay? We're going to have a good time together, but we're going to answer this question, what's next in the United Methodist Church? There's a lot of talk going around right now. There's um, a lot of decisions that are being made in Methodist churches around this community. And so people are asking me this question, what's next? What's next for us? We're going to explain that, okay? We also have a lot coming ahead with our new move. We're getting very excited about this coming summer and everything that's ahead of us at Williams Road, okay? So we're also going to be answering this question of what's next when it comes to this Ridge Church family and getting ready for that. But personally speaking, This is the question that I get the most of as a pastor. People wanting to know God's will. What does God want for me? Preacher, what do you think I should do? I've got this option. I've got this. I've got this major decision. I've got this little decision. Or when it comes to my kids, when it comes to my family, when it comes to my job, what do you think? And, And those decisions that we make ultimately end up shaping our lives. In fact, the decisions we make today will determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. So this is important for us to get our heads wrapped around. And before we, before we move forward into today's message, let me go back and give a little bit of a recap of where we were last week. Last Sunday, I kind of laid the groundwork and I talked about how it's more important for us when we're facing these decisions in life, when we have questions about what's next, it's so good to make sure that we're focused on who we are in Christ, Right? Like that we have a good foundation. And so we, we laid some foundational you know, ground rules before we moved forward yes, uh, last week. And we said things like who is just as important as do and why is just as important as what. And so if that doesn't make sense to you and you're like, what in the world are you talking about? Go back and catch up from last week. Everybody online, you can go back after this is over and catch up um, last week's message And let me give you a little preview of where we're going next week. Next week, we're going to talk about how to get the wisdom we need to make great decisions. We're going to look at um, the life of King Solomon and some of his writings. And and what better person to give us wisdom than the wisest man that ever lived, right? So that's coming next week. But okay, so today, today, I want to talk a little bit about what to expect. What, What can we expect when it comes to God's process of getting us where we need to be. Like, I really want to know what God wants me to do in this area. What can I expect that process to look like? That's where we're going to go today. And for our time together, I want to go to Acts 20. We're going to be diving into this piece of scripture. So if you got your Bibles and you want to turn there, Acts is in the New Testament right after those first four Gospels. And in this story, let me give you a little context. In this story... Paul, Paul is, is about to make a very emotional decision, okay? And here's why I said that. He's talking to this church in Ephesus, and these people at Ephesus, this was a place that he had grown to love. These were people that he had grown to love. He loved living there, and I, and I wonder if there was this sense of him being in Ephesus. He was probably thinking, you know, like, I could, I could just keep doing my ministry here. Like, this is great. I love this. I love you. You know, I don't necessarily want to leave, but Paul says he's feeling prompted by God. He's feeling pulled by God to leave, to go somewhere else. And, And this was not a decision he made lightly. In fact, this was a very big decision. So he brings all the leaders of the church in, and he says, listen, 
this is hard for me, and I'm putting this in my own terms, you know, but he says, this is hard for me. God is, is calling me to move on. And this kind of was an emotional goodbye because he loved this church so much. And if anybody understands this, I feel like I understand what Paul is going through because I had to move so much growing up. And y'all know this, I was raised as a pastor's son, and so my dad had to move every three or four years. But this was a very emotional decision to have to move so often. And let me, let, me, let me just say up front that my dad, without a doubt, is one of the manliest men I know. In fact, my dad can beat up your dad. Don't even try, okay? Without a question. And I've only seen my dad cry on a few occasions. Just a few. One of them, now this is going to be hard for me to talk about because my little girl is about to get married. But, oh gosh, man, why did I even say that? Jeez. <laughs> But on our wedding day, um, Shannon and I were down front, and they had the, just a little back, background on this. The, the videographer had put the mic on me, um, and some of y'all may remember me telling this story, so that he could pick up what everybody was saying. So I'm wearing the mic, and we're going through the service. Everything is going well until we get to the prayer, and everybody's bows their head, and Dad gets choked up during the prayer, and he starts to cry during the prayer, which makes me cry during the prayer, which is all great, really a sweet moment, except remember, I'm the one wearing the mic, so all in the video, all you hear is me going, <laughs> like that, like whimpering into the mic, right? But that was one time that my dad cried, and then every time, <laughs> every time we faced a move, my dad would have to get up, and he would have to talk to the congregation, and he would have to tell them the Lord was calling him on or calling us on, and it was hard. It was, it was hard for him. He had grown to love the church, and of course, we had grown to love the church, and each move, man, that was a tough decision when it was coming to what's next. So Paul, mm, I feel for him. He's gathering the church, and he's telling them this. So... He pulls them in, and then this is what he says. In Acts 20, verse 22, he says, And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So here's where I want to go with these verses today. We're going to break these verses down, and I want to give you four thoughts in what Paul is saying to this church in Ephesus, because I really think that this will help us understand what we should expect when God is moving us forward or trying to help us determine what's next in our life. So we're just going to jump right in. If you got your message notes that you got when you're coming in, pull those out, or go ahead and open up the Ridge app, and you can find the message notes there as well. But here we go. Point number one. This is great expectations. Number one, expect the Spirit's prompting. Okay, expect the Spirit's prompting. Paul starts this out. He says, I am bound by the Spirit. Now, some of your translations may say compelled by the Spirit. But, but Paul could be thinking, I love it here, right? But God is calling me to go somewhere else. The Spirit is leading me towards Jerusalem, and I am bound. He's like, I am wrapped up in this. I can't help but to do it. 
Now, the, the Greek words, when you, when you dive in and really study this, this, this word that we get for bound, it's got a couple of words associated with it. And the first word, it references a cord, and like a cord that is wrapped around something or someone. And then the second word is breeze or spirit. So, so you got this picture there. Where Paul is saying, I am bound up, like I am tied up, and I am being pulled by the breeze, by the spirit that is inside of me, right? He's being pulled in a certain direction. Let me ask you this. Have you ever felt pulled in a certain direction? You know, just, just in everyday life. Like, do you, do you ever feel that tug or that pull? Like, like, like for, for example, like if you're on a diet... And you pass by that table full of sweets. Do you feel that tug? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So I, I remember when the girls were young and they were um, in high school, we used to host after prom uh, stuff for all the girls to come and hang out at our house. And so, you know, they would get ready at our house and they'd go to prom. And while they were at prom, Shannon would go to the store and she would buy all this food and all these snacks and she'd put them all out. And she'd put this nice display out on the dining room table. And, you know, it's got a little bit of everything. you got some sweets and, you know, just potato chips and drinks and everything that you could possibly want. And the problem was I had to walk past it all night long. And, and I'll tell you this. Y'all, Reese's Cups, they talk to me. Do Reese's talk to y'all? Anybody in here? Have you ever heard Reese? Yes. Amen. You know, <laughs> that's going to be the one amen I get this sermon. It's going to be for Reese's cups. Look at there. It sounds like Joel. <laughs> I love it. But y'all, they talk to me. And when I walk by the table, they say, yeah, just, just one. It's going to be okay. It'll be all right. And then, you know, an hour goes past. Pretty soon, I've made a dent in the table. I'm sitting in the corner with chocolate all over my face. And Shannon's like, what in the world have you done, right? We know what this is like with other things in life. When we feel that tug. Let me, let me tell you, friends, pay attention. Pay attention. Because the Spirit is alive in you and will give you that tug. He will give you that push or that pull. We just have to be paying attention to it. You know, it could be for something really big, like you're going to make this decision. It's going to change your life forever. Or it could be with something just very small that's going to change today or change this moment, right? But whatever it is, you, you got you to pay attention to the prompting because if you do and you follow the Spirit, he, he will lead you into what's next. He will lead you into something great. And y'all, I remember, I'm, I'm going to use some past examples of getting this church started because this all became very clear to me as I was going through this. But I remember when this happened to me, I felt like God was pulling me in this direction and I could not figure it out. All I did was I felt this nudge and I felt, I felt him like just being bound up, moving in this direction. I could not, I did not understand it. But I felt the Spirit pushing me. And I felt like he wanted me to do something with new churches. And I didn't know anything about it. So I called the guy that was in charge of new churches, new church development in the Methodist church. And this is how that phone conversation went when I was 33 years old. I called him up and I said, hey, listen, I don't know anything about starting new churches. I don't even know why I'm calling you. I just feel like I'm supposed to. And the guy that's in charge on the other end of the phone, he said, Jimmy, I'm so glad you called. Because yesterday, get this, yesterday... I had a conversation with somebody, and they told me that you would be perfect for planning churches. How about that God moment? 
It's crazy how that all kind of worked out. And thank goodness I was paying attention and just being pushed in that direction, right? I, I, I love it. Watch out. Watch out for those binding, kind of pulling kind of moments. Because he's there. And he wants to help you get to where you know what's next. It's just sometimes we're too distracted. And we don't always hear them like we should. The second thing that we can expect is certain uncertainty. Certain uncertainty, okay? And this is very interesting because look at what Paul says next. He says, and now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, but I don't know what awaits me. He's like, I have no idea. I don't know any of the details. And Paul just kind of says this briefly. He's like, I know I'm supposed to go, but I don't know anything that's going to happen. And I don't know why. And I don't know what's next. But I do know a few things. But largely, I am not sure. And this is a big deal. Don't rush past this. Because this is why a lot of us don't understand what's next. Is because when we're yelling out to God for what's next, let's be honest. We want all the details, right? We not only want to know what's next, but we want to know everything that's ahead of us so that we feel like we can make the best decision possible, right? But that's not how God works. How many of you remember the movie A Few Good Men? Y'all remember the movie A Few Good Men? Okay. And y'all probably remember that famous line where Tom Cruise, he yells at Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, he says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson yells back, and I'm sure you can probably repeat this line with me. You can't. Handle the truth. You can't handle it. How many times when we want to know what's next are we yelling at God? I want to know what's next. And I want to know everything that's ahead of me. And God is like, you can't handle everything that's ahead of you. We're yelling at him. I want the details. And God's like, you can't handle the details. And this is probably what God is doing with Paul here. Because there's a lot ahead of Paul. Paul just needs to be faithful right here with this next step and have faith that God has everything else wrapped up for the future. Now, I was thinking about this when we started this church. I can't tell you how badly I wanted to know all the wins, the hows, the whys of what was going to happen next. And I am so thankful <laughs> God didn't tell me at 33 everything that was going to happen ahead. <laughs> We're going to have to move how many times? We're going to be in a cheerleading facility and theater and then a school. And then we're going to have to raise how much money? You know, all this stuff. I just had to keep moving forward in faith. Not knowing all those kept me from getting too overwhelmed. And I think God does the same thing for us. Right? Instead of giving us all the details... What God does is he gives us just enough. I love what Psalm, the psalmist says in Psalm 119. Y'all know this verse. It says this, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my future. His word is a lamp to guide our feet and not a spotlight for everything that we need to know in the future. It's a light for the path right in front of us. Now, I don't know how often you walk outside with a lamp, probably not ever, but you know how it works, right? When you have a lamp, you get to see so much in front of you, right? And the further you go, the more you get to see. You don't get to see the whole path, but each step you take, a little bit more gets illuminated in front of you. And that's how God works with us. we got to trust to take that next step and keep moving forward. Do you know, do you know how this verse has affected me? You, you know, I, I've begun to understand that I don't necessarily have to worry about the long-term future. It's more about being obedient today. 
right now. Like, I, I can't see the future, but what I can do is I can be faithful right now, God. So, so you light up that next step. I don't have to have all the details. You just tell me, what's that next thing for me? But yet, you know what? Still, for a lot of us, we want certainty. We want, we, we want to be certain about something. If you want that certainty in your life, let me give you something that you can be certain about. You can be certain that God promises to never leave you. That he is with you. That he is guiding you. That he wants to advise you. That he wants to watch over you. That he is always going to be by your side. That's what scripture teaches us. You can be certain of that. So when it comes to not knowing all those details of what's next, you can be certain that you're going to have to face some uncertainty. And let me tell you, if you're not living with a little uncertainty every now and then, then you're not really living by faith. And if you're not living by faith, then scripture says that it's impossible to please God, this certain uncertainty is part of living a life of faith in Jesus. So what we got to do is we got to be listening for that push and that pull of the Holy Spirit. We got to be certain that there's going to be some uncertainty, but that's what it means to live a life of faith. And then the third thing is that I have to anticipate resistance. Okay, this is a big, I got to anticipate resistance. This is a big part of it, okay? And here's what I mean by that. When you're moving forward, I can expect resistance. Mark it down. You can plan for it. The enemy is alive and he is going to come after you. And Paul understood this. Look, look at his words. He says, he says, now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits for me, except, here's what I know. I do know that the Holy Spirit tells me that jail and suffering lie ahead of me. I know that it's going to be tough. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know where it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen next when I go to jail, but I know that this is coming. And don't, don't rush past this either because sometimes we write this stuff off and we kind of are distant from it and we're like, yeah, but jail back then and how long did he really have to? What is the, was it really a big deal? No, this was a big deal that he knew that this suffering was going to come to him. And the reason I can say this is a big deal is because I stood in the spot. Those of you that are going to Israel with me this fall, you'll be able to stand in that spot where he was in jail and it brought it all to life to me. Right? Now, now thank God, we don't have to face that type of persecution that Paul did. But what I've learned and what you're learning and what we all learn through this process is that it is hard living a life for Christ in a broken world, okay? If you're not ready to face opposition for your obedience to God, then you're not ready to be used by God, okay? Let me put it another way. If you don't ever think it's gonna be difficult when you try to do something through faith, man, you're kidding yourself. Every significant thing that matters to God will be met with resistance. I know this, and you know this, but I know this when it came to even starting this church. We, we were starting during the recession period, and I can't tell you how many times when I was trying to share the vision and what we wanted to see with this church, how many times people would say, there is no way this church is going to happen. You're, there's no way you're going to raise money during this time. There's no need for another church. This area has too many churches. You're not going to have enough people to get this. Thing. Every time I turned around, it was like I was facing another negative Nancy, right? And then it's like Satan gets in there. And before I First preview service. Man, I was scared to death. Wondering if anybody was going to show up. And it's like Satan's whispering in, in my ear saying, this is not going to work. 
this is not what God wants. He does that. He's going to do that when you're living into God's will. And when those difficult moments pop up, here's what a lot of people do when it comes to what's next and trying to understand. When it becomes difficult, so many of us trying to back away and we say to ourselves, this obviously is not what God wants for me. Right? But I want to tell you, that resistance may actually be a sign that you're doing exactly what God calls you to do. Okay? Now, let that soak in for just a moment because just because things aren't going well right now doesn't necessarily mean that you're out of God's will. It may be that you're doing exactly what God is asking you to do and you're being met with resistance because that's how a broken world works. But our God, as we have seen, is more powerful, right? In fact, I would venture to say that the struggles you're facing today might be developing the spiritual strength that you're going to need tomorrow. God will use that moment, those testings, those challenges to make you even stronger for what he has in store. All those details that you don't know about, everything that's coming up when it comes to what's next. But we can expect there's always going to be a little certain uncertainty with what's ahead. We can expect resistance when it comes to living into God's plan because the devil is out there and he doesn't want the kingdom to gain another inch, right? But we also know that when we put all of our faith in Christ, the fourth thing that we can expect is to have uncommon confidence. Even with all the uncertainty, even with that faith, even with the challenges that come from living in that faith, man, we have the confidence knowing that my God is big and if he has called me to this, he will see me through it, right? And we see this with Paul. Basically, he, he's already said, and I'm paraphrasing here, okay? He's like, I'm okay with taking this next step. Even though I know that jail and suffering and everything that's ahead of me, I am confident. He says, I am confident that I am supposed to do this. Here's what he says. He says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. I am confident that I'm supposed to be doing what God has called me to do. And what has God called him to do? Go to the next slide. He says this, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. He's like, That's my what's, that, that is my what's next, right? I'm supposed to be out there telling other people about the good news. God's going to use me. I'm confident this is what God wants. And when he ended up moving forward in God's plan, wouldn't you know it, he ended up in prison just like he knew he would. But he used that. He used that moment in prison to write the largest section in the New Testament that we have. You see, even with the uncertainty of knowing, even with the challenges, he was confident, this is what I'm supposed to be doing for Jesus. So Paul is like, if I'm talking to a big crowd, I'm going to talk about Jesus. If I'm locked in prison, I'm going to write about Jesus. If I'm being beaten for my faith, I'm going to cry out to Jesus because everything in me, I am confident in knowing that I am supposed to be sharing the good news of who he is. I love this confidence that Paul has. And we see this confidence throughout all of his writings, and it's uncommon. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes when it comes to this last point, I don't always have the confidence that I need because I don't always get it right. Like, I mess up a lot. I know that's a shocker. I know that a lot of you think preachers are perfect, but we are not. 
and I am learning, and I have learned. What makes confidence, what makes the confidence that Paul has, and what makes the confidence that I want to have, what it makes it uncommon is when I learn not to place everything I have in myself because I mess up, but what I got to do is I got to place everything I have in my Savior. Know that he is leading me, he is guiding me, he is protecting me, and he will show me the way he wants me to go. I am confident that he is by my side. I can't be confident in myself. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn from Paul here. And I'm going to be confident that Jesus has a plan and that his plan for me is good. Jeremiah 29, 11. So let's close this out. Let's close this out. When it comes to understanding what's next, I want us to be on the right track together as a church. I want you to be on the right track along with me when it comes to those personal decisions that we have to make each and every day. That means being led by the Spirit. Are are you taking the time to pay attention to God pushing and pulling in your heart? Are you too distracted during the day? A lot of us are asking the question, what's next? But we're not giving ourselves a chance to hear what God is trying to tell us, right? Are we listening and paying attention to the moving and the prompting and the pulling of the Holy Spirit because he wants to guide you? And honestly, we don't always know what's next. We don't know all the steps. We know we can be certain that there's going to be some uncertainty in our future. However, that's where we live into our faith. And God will bless us and strengthen our lives through that faith, knowing that we're going to face resistance ahead. But those challenges will also develop the strength that we need to keep moving forward. But we also know at the end of the day, No matter what happens, no matter the uncertainties, no matter the challenges, I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be uncommon in my confidence because my confidence isn't built in me, but it's put in Jesus Christ. So the next time we have to make a decision, next time you're faced with something, be obedient today. One step at a time. When you're faithful right here, God will show you the right there. Let's pray together. God. We just ask that your presence will be with us. God, that you would lead us, that you would guide us, that we would feel you in our hearts and our lives. God, that you would empower us step by step. God, I pray that everybody here, that we would all be more sensitive to the push and the pull of the Spirit in our lives. God, please let us be receptive to his movements. God, we want to sense your presence, and we want to respond. Help us to know when you're moving. Help us to see the direction you have for us. And God, we understand that we need faith because there are going to be some uncertain things in the future. God, we also know that we will be met with some resistance because that's what it's like in this broken world. But God, we know that your kingdom will prevail. And more than anything, God, we know that you are the one that sits on the throne. So God, we're going to look for your power and your strength to work through us. And when it comes to these things, God, we're not looking out for ourselves, but we are looking towards you and your glory because you're the one that's worth living for. So God, help us not to worry so much about these big questions in life. God, just help us to be faithful with taking the next step today. Help us to be obedient. Jesus, we love you. We give you everything we have. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen.
Amen.